When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, the host, and I take you on the journey of my own trauma healing and share real, raw, and authentic life situations. My mission is to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to start a self-healing journey, build healthy habits, and create a life you love. If you haven't already, click the follow button and leave a review. Also, check out my website, habitsyoulove.com, where you can find even more resources, healing practices, and support. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Habits You Love. I have been getting such a good response from the last two episodes of the part one and part two of Mental Illness Doesn't Discriminate, which I did with my sister. Such good response to those episodes. So I'm excited that you guys are loving the content. I think this one's going to be obviously just as good. October, if you don't know, is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And it's also the month I'm launching a new coaching program called Breaking Up With Toxic. So I feel like this all just really goes hand in hand with each other. So all this month, I'm going to be sharing my story again in a different way. You might not have heard it before. And I also have a lineup of other women who are going to be sharing their stories of breaking up with toxic, toxic relationships, maybe a little bit of of DV in there. I'm not sure, but I know mine has to do with a little bit with that. So I just think it's a great month to promote the coaching, share all these stories. I mean, I could share way many more stories than I'm going to from other women, but these next couple ones are going to be really, really good. So you don't want to miss out on those. So I'm excited to just continue this conversation. Again, this podcast is about self-healing, self-discovery, self-love, really getting into, like the title says, those habits you love, because I feel like so many people don't love their habits. Maybe they're stuck in situations, relationships, work environments, whatever the case may be, and they are just waking up and they are just mindlessly going through life, right? They might be living, but they're not thriving. And I think everyone has the opportunity to thrive in their life. And again, love the habits, love the way they eat, love the way they do life, love the way they have relationships, love the way they move and nourish their bodies, whatever the case may be. Everything comes down to our daily habits that we repeat over and over and over again. So this podcast is about how we could get there, you know, topics, conversations, terms, whatever the case may be. There's so much information that has not been said yet that I can't wait to continue to share, but that is the point of this 
podcast. So that is why it's called Habits You Love. So let's get right into this episode. It is called How My Self-Healing Helped Me Escape a Toxic Relationship. So again, you'll hear me say this all the time, but I think the most important thing we can do in this life is start a self-healing journey and not only start, but continue that journey because self-healing, discovering yourself is a lifelong process and there's always going to be new things that you're going to learn about yourself as you encounter more life, have more experiences. That is really kind of like my evangelical <laughs> message that I I come I want to get across is your self-healing journey is the most important thing you could do. So this episode is one I've shared and I've talked about many times, but it bears repeating, especially since October is, like I said, the Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So after releasing my story on season one of the It Doesn't End Here podcast, which if you aren't aware, my best friend and I launched a podcast. We had no idea what we were doing, but my best friend wanted to share my story of my crazy relationship that I had been in the previous two, three years. And we just launched it. We had no idea what would happen, but it's gotten amazing, amazing feedback. We have, as of this point, almost 300,000 downloads just in a little over a year. So I was blown away by the amount of women messaging us and emailing us and sharing their similar stories. So I was so hesitant to share my story doing that. I was really, really scared. We started recording and I even had this moment where I told my friend, I was like, I don't know this is a good idea, but I powered through and I'm so glad I did. Um, Like I said, I was scared and ashamed that I was going to be that statistic. I personally at the time didn't know anyone or very few women. I mean, not enough to remember and like bring any names to mind that had been in an abusive relationship. And I was embarrassed because I always kept myself to such high standards. I would never consider myself anyone who would let herself get into a situation like that. So I've always been really strong. I've kind of been the glue that keeps people together. You know, the outgoing, fun, adventurous woman that would never let anyone treat her like that. And I've had bad relationships, of course. I think everyone has probably had at least one, but none to this extent. And what I found was it's so common. It's way too common, honestly. Everyone's story is different, of course, and some are worse than others. But I would bet that nine out of 10 women face some sort of abuse in at least one of their relationships in their life. And this comes from the dozens and dozens of women that came forward and wanted to tell me, us, their stories. And again, some weren't as bad and some were very bad. So I was just shocked. I was shocked at everyone coming to us and saying like, I have been there too. So how did this help me? It just showed me that I wasn't alone. Like it was like a breath of fresh air. Not that I, you know, want anyone to go through this at all, but I just didn't feel like I was alone anymore by sharing what I went through. So even while I'm saying this out loud, I guess I could say I'll be talking about two types of healing in this episode. So the first one, you know, the healing that got me out of the toxic relationship. And then second, the healing that got me out of the shame of being in the toxic relationship. So those are definitely two different types of healing processes, like 
just the first one just literally getting out and then literally getting out of the shame and the guilt and the bad emotions that come from being in one post, you know, getting out of one, but still feeling the remnants of, you know, feeling guilty or ashamed, like I said. So I would say shame was definitely the biggest emotion I felt throughout that entire time and for a while thereafter. So one fact that I wanted to share about domestic violence, while it is the awareness month for it, is this is in 2020, I couldn't find a up-to-date 2022 statistic, but it says 84% of women and 75% of men report having a toxic friend or relationship at some point. So that's a lot. I mean, that's way, you know, it should be the other way around. It should be 16 and 25% as opposed to the 84, 75, So we are walking around with a lot of emotionally disturbed, abused, ill people out there. And unfortunately, this starts with emotional, unintelligent parents. You know, it has to start somewhere that didn't just all of a sudden happen. So it's very, very rare, especially I think it's, you know, becoming more common in this generation, but the older generation was not as self-aware. They weren't as emotionally in tuned with themselves and that is going to trickle down through generations until someone stops it. And as women, us women need to stop letting men who cannot control themselves ruin our mental health. There are too many men out there with serious mama issues that think it's okay to hurt use, abuse, ruin women, and enjoy it. So we need to be aware of all of the warning signs and not let one slip through the cracks. It can be detrimental to our health, to our mental health, to our confidence. All of this is so hard to get back once you've lost it. Once you've lost it, it's really hard to reverse it. So it's much easier to educate and prevent than it is to go through it and then have to recover from it. So I know for me, I can remember... I can remember a life before my toxic relationship and then after my toxic relationship. It's like two different lives. It feels like before I was happy and I was fine and then it seems like ever since I was in it and then the after, it's just been really hard because I'm still dealing with the emotions and the feelings and the remnants of going through it. So because I didn't know the warning signs of abuse, like even the the subtleness of it, which I'll get to in a little bit, but had I known everything I do now, learning the hard way, I know myself and I know I would have never allowed that to happen had I known what I know now. I didn't know anything about toxic, abusive, narcissism until I was out of the relationship and I was doing the research for the podcast that I was helping with and sharing my story. Like, how sad is that? I didn't even know anything until I was, like, as I was sharing everything that happened, all of these terms started popping up and I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I went through. Okay, well, I didn't know that's what it was called or, you know, that was a thing. And then all these things started popping up. I was like, I was learning about what I went through as I was trying to share it because I needed to, you know, have some terms and topics to relate everything back to like trauma bonding, codependency, narcissism, gaslighting, love bombing. I didn't know I was experiencing all these things. 
until I was doing my research for my own story. That is so crazy. So you do not want to experience it before learning about it. Like don't let your learning about it be because you experienced it. So that is what this episode and what I feel like I really want to help as many women do as possible. It's like, hey, let's educate yourself. Let's learn about it. Because if you are approached in any of those situations, you know exactly what these terms are. You know when they're happening you know the red flags and you can totally prevent all of this from happening to you. You just don't want to experience it at, at all. I'm telling you as a woman that has gone through it and now know so many that have, I need to help women prevent this as much as possible. So you have to be educated, you have to be strong and you have to know your worth. An emphasis on the last one, knowing your worth. So this brings us to how I was able to leave that toxic relationship after years of being manipulated, years of control, years of tearing me down, years of losing my confidence and my my identity, you know, I knew, I knew something was wrong. So like, let's not glaze past that or over that. I was somewhat aware that something was not right. You know, I knew deep in my core, this isn't right. But as most abusive relationships are, or most abusive people are, you know, your partners are fine and great and grand and sweet and caring 90% of the time. It's just that other 10% that made the other 90% feel so much worse. So like that 10% could like just ruin you just from the 10% where they have their outbursts or their fights or their control, you know, and then the 90% of their time, they're really good and they're acting, you know, have good behavior and they're acting totally fine and being sweet and loving and nice. But I could just tell that like I was getting away from myself, that I wasn't myself. He definitely wanted to be in control of everything down to the table conversations at dinner. I remember one of the biggest things for me going through that relationship was just like I remember not speaking a lot when we went places he was the center of attention and controlled the topic of conversation and I always felt like I was just his little side hussy almost where like I wasn't allowed to speak and not that he said I couldn't but I don't know I just had let my confidence go way way down to where I didn't even you know feel confident enough to like join in on a conversation I would just let him speak the entire time and just look at him and, you know, he would tell the same stories over and over and over again because every new group of people he met, he had like this spiel, like it was it was his spiel that, that he told every single new group of people to really impress them. So he would definitely do all the broad strokes of all the positive, good accomplishments that he had. And I heard that over and over and over and over again. So at some point, I don't know when, but I, I just stopped talking altogether. I was like, he's in control. He's going to talk what he wants to talk about. I have no Thing to talk about because my whole life is his life. So that was just one of the things that I remember. And I just don't like that because I used to just be fun, outgoing, like not to say the center of attention, but like I could carry on conversation and I could, you know, start conversation and, and just be fun and outgoing. So that was just one of the main things that I remember. I would say the main things I experienced were definitely financial abuse. I would say that's the biggest one. You know, he would promise to pay for stuff and then not. And then turning around and asking me for money, controlling with money, even my own money. At one point, he let my grandma give us $3,000 to borrow for our Paris trip because he 
didn't have any money and he's very bougie and he wanted, you know, a nice dinners and a nice hotel. And so I just called her and I asked her if she could maybe give us like $500 and she wanted to give us $3,000 and I didn't feel comfortable. I knew exactly what was going to happen. And after he spent it all in about two days, he just acted like he didn't need to pay her back. He was like, well, you know, I don't know what to do. I mean, you know, we have other things to take care of. And I was like, well, then we shouldn't have borrowed that much money. So long story. I, I go into this story into the It Doesn't End Here podcast, but I obviously wanted to pay her back. So I sold one of my my only designer purse at the time and I didn't tell him. I did it secretly. He got a hold of my bank account amount after he used my debit card to get money. Yes, my money for him because he needed money. Then he got mad that I had this extra money in there while I was waiting on a check to clear for her. So I had written the check. The money is in my account technically. And he's like, what's all this? extra money. And I'm like, okay, well, I sold my purse because you cannot come up with the money. So now I have to come up with the money that you spent. And I sold my purse and there's money in there, but I'm waiting for a check to clear. So technically it's not in there. And he just like, we got in a huge fight over it because he was just so controlling with money, um, even my own money. So then he also made just so many empty promises about work he was doing and how much he was going to make. And he's going to you know, make this much money and we'll have this, this, that, whatever. And then it would fall through. And then I would have to pay for bills, groceries and gas for us and food for four dogs. Like we had four dogs. So it just became super stressful. That was the main form that I would say really, really affected me. Even to this day, I mean, my credit went to shit. I luckily didn't go bankrupt like some people I've talked to that were involved with him both romantically and professionally, but he used all the terms on me. Love bombing, love bombing me hard at the beginning of our relationship, gaslighting me, always turning things around on me, making me feel crazy, turning me codependent on him with the control and the manipulation that he would, you know, kind of enforce on me. So an example of the control and manipulation, and this happened early on in our relationship about six months into dating, he, you know, convinced me to move in with him. I was spending all my time there anyway. Um, Just lots of other factors that I won't really go into, but I did end up moving in with him and I sold my car because he had an extra car. So I had his car and I was still driving back and forth from my apartment in a whole other town to slowly take my things and finish up with the clients that I had in the town that I was living in. But the very last night before I fully moved in with him, a guy client who was a friend of mine wanted to take me to dinner as like a farewell, goodbye dinner, nothing out of the ordinary, like nothing romantic at all. And I told him about it and I didn't try to hide it or lie or anything like that, which I totally could have done because it was in a whole other town and he acted fine with it. Um, He like maybe asked me a couple of questions, but nothing to where I felt, you know, anxious or awkward going. So then all of a sudden I'm at dinner with my friend and he starts blowing up my phone, like would not stop calling, would not stop texting me, accusing me of lying and not being faithful to him. I just even like, eventually I answered the phone and I just acted like everything was okay. You know, I was like, hey babe, you know, trying to act normal. Um, And I like had my friend talk to him because he had met him before too. And he was just like, hey, yeah, like we're just at dinner, blah, blah, blah. But I just remember being like super embarrassed and I got so much anxiety during this little instance, which now that I'm recalling it, this is really one of the first times that I had gotten so much anxiety or, you know, in 
in that little of time and so much anxiety. I don't think I've ever experienced that much like heart racing, chest pounding feeling ever until that moment. But he knew he had me trapped because I already had his car and I already solidified moving in with him. All my stuff was already there. So he knew he could freak out on me and I was dependent on him. So everything a narcissist will use it was used on me. And of course, if you've been in any situation like this, a toxic relationship, you want to be blind to it. You don't want to see it. You want to say, well, that was a fluke. You know, they don't do that all the time. Like that was just a weird, he was having a bad night. He's stressed out with work, whatever excuse you're using. But when flukes start happening all the time, it's time to do something about it. Unfortunately, I was pretty deep in at this point. I was barely working, living in one of the most expensive cities in the the United States with no car. I had his car. My name wasn't on a lease and living this anxiety-ridden life where I needed him. That was the worst part, needing him. I didn't want to need him. I had never needed a man before. Had them, wanted them, yes, but needing a man is not a good feeling. So ladies, if I could give you any advice, you have to keep your independence. I don't care if you have a great man, if you're in the best relationship, you still have to have some form of independence on your own. I think this is the worst thing that can be taken from women. It's so, so hard to get back once you've lost it. Okay, I know I'm talking like a lot of crap, but you know, I can't say the entire time we were together, it was bad. Like it wasn't like an everyday sort of thing being, you know, abused like some women might go through. We had good times, we had fun times, but looking back, it was just the subtleness of it, right? Like the slow stripping away of certain freedoms, the control over anything I did without him. I remember he would want to drive me to photo shoots that I had and he was like, I'm just, you know, being supportive. But honestly, he just wanted to be in control. He wanted to take me into the photo shoots, meet the people, you know, say hi, stay for a little bit, whatever. But at the end of the day, I really think it was just he was being like, okay, who is she working with? Who are these guys? Well, like just, you know, having to have that control over everything I did. When it really got bad and it finally came to a head was my biggest rock bottom. And it all happened so fast. Again, I talk about this in that it doesn't end your podcast, which I will definitely link that in the show notes. You can go listen to it season one. But I had found out after we had been together more than two years, um, he had been talking to another woman, like enough to the point where he sent her an email saying he missed her. And I knew all of this because it was a couple that we knew. He had met them through me and they lived in another state, but apparently he struck up this emotional relationship with her and then the boyfriend who I knew found out and he told me about it. So, you know, we're sitting at dinner. We just sat down. He went to the bar to order drinks and that's when I get this DM and it's a screenshot of an email he sent to her. So it was the guy sending it to me of her email and I'll just never forget this night. Like this is the night I learned of so much betrayal and the cheating and since I was already in such a low place from the stress and the anxiety of the relationship and like, you know, all all the things I said, like I didn't have my independence. I didn't have confidence. You know, I snapped like I completely 
broke. It was the end of what would now be my old self. The night I found out, we got in a huge fight that turned physical. We fought for like what felt like 10 minutes until I decided to call the cops. The cops show up and they do their thing. They separate us and, you know, they get our stories and examine our bodies because, you know, I I called and I said, I'm physically fighting with my boyfriend. Um, And to me, I just wanted it to end. Like, I don't know what was happening. I was emotionally at my wits end, but I do remember like I wanted him to feel some sort of pain. I wanted him to finally reap some sort of consequences for the actions that I had gone through and witnessed for the last couple years. But of course, normally with these kind of people, they somehow can wiggle themselves out of any situation. I ended up getting arrested that night for domestic violence. I went to jail because the cops somehow believed his story over mine. Like a 200 pound man got beat up by a 130 pound woman, apparently, you know. This is all besides the point. I talk about this extensively in season one of It Doesn't End Here. So if you are curious and your interest is is, uh, sparked, I would go check that out. But what you need to know from this is this was the realization that I had that completely changed my life. And it was this. Someone else had that much control over me. I'm, I'm not talking about physically, like he was bigger than me and he could whatever, manhandle me. I'm talking emotionally, financially, in my career, in my life. Like someone else's behavior and actions sparked such uncontrollable rage, such uncontrollable anger in me. And guess what? He liked it. Like they like this kind of shit. They like when you act like this because guess what they can do? They can call you crazy. I was, I was acting so crazy because of the lack of control that I felt in every aspect of my life. So of course I would be acting like that, but these kind of people put you in situations like that, again, slowly, subtly, silently, and then you react to something they did to you and they can make it look like you're the crazy one. So that's where I had gotten. The week following that was the most emotional week I've ever had. I mean, maybe even more than the week of my mom passing because, you know, obviously it had to do directly with me. I was so confused. I was so lost. I didn't know where to turn. Like, I was just an empty shell of a person. It was definitely my biggest, biggest, biggest rock bottom that I had ever had. I had about $500 in my bank account and not really any prospect of like a job or anything, you know, like I just felt so stuck. I felt like I still need him. Even after all of the shit that he put me through, I still needed him, which was definitely the worst, worst feeling. But this was my rock bottom. Like this was my awakening. This was the stripping away of my old self. So in the beginning of 2020, I really started to dig deep into my healing and fortunately and unfortunately this wasn't coming from a place of like wow okay maybe you know I would really start to learn about myself and start this journey and you know come from a good place of doing it it was I need this journey because I don't know what else to do and this seems like the only thing that I can do so that's exactly what I did. I started reading. I started meditating. I started journaling. I joined this monthly membership called To Be Magnetic, which was super awesome because it was a lot of the same work that I was already doing in therapy, a lot of inner child healing, which, you know, coincidentally, I was 
in therapy at this point, but clearly I wasn't taking therapy as serious as I needed to. But definitely after this happened, I definitely, definitely took it more serious. I mean, 2020 was already a weird year for everyone. It was a confusing time for me, but also I did start to feel better. I started to take control of my life. I started to see all the patterns and behavior that were not benefiting me. And one of the things that sticks out to me the most is like I really saw my mom's actions in myself. And I remember one morning sitting upstairs and I was, I think I was doing a meditation or, you know, trying. (laughs) And I just remember like crying in the chair, like bawling my eyes out. And I was just saying out loud, I don't want to be like her. I don't want these feelings. I don't want anything from my mom. I was acting just like her, like scared, small, not confident. And I knew from that day on, I would do everything in my power to not inherit the bad traits my mom had. Like obviously she had so many good traits that I see in myself that I love. Like she was very caring and giving and like she just wanted to help people and serve and she, you know, was very, very selfless. But she also didn't have a lot of confidence and she didn't have a lot of strength and she didn't really have her own identity. Um, And that showed up a lot in her life in certain areas. So I feel like that was the slow stripping away of herself too to where she would eventually obviously, as you've heard, take her life. But I just remember sitting in that chair and just being like, I don't want to be like her. Like, I don't want to be like this. So I started my self-healing. I started down the journey. And what started to happen was I felt more in control of myself. I felt more calm. I felt less stressed. I started seeing the positive in things instead of only the negative. The outside factors in my life started to not dictate my behavior and attitude. Like before I would wake up and if there wasn't good news or if there was something going on, like it would just immediately affect my behavior and attitude and that would control my entire day you know I didn't know how to control my thoughts and turn my own behavior and attitude and day around at this point you know so I felt lighter I felt like I could talk and communicate instead of hold things in but most importantly I started to see the person that I was with like who they really were and I got so disgusted by him honestly I mean there was never really a huge attraction to him but this became quite the opposite of attraction it started to turn into like disgust the more time that went on the more I felt like I was ready to leave this relationship that I finally had the strength so 2020 was still a rough year financially because of everything going on in the world I mean we definitely struggled most of the time but I also chose to leave in September 2020. I had absolutely nothing to my name. I had my clothes, I had my dog, and barely any money. But I had enough to get a one-way flight to Florida to live with my grandma. She had an extra car, thank God, and an extra room. Like I knew it would just be a safe space for me. And it was all the way across the country, which obviously helped. And that that was probably a huge, huge benefit and factor to being able to leave. Because if it was just like down the street in the other town, I don't know like it it could have been it could have gone a lot different but I also left with one other important thing that actually trumps all those other things I left and I had my emotional intelligence which to me is absolutely priceless if you have a strong self-awareness emotional intelligence 
control over yourself and your actions and your thoughts and behaviors, you can do, you can have, and you can be anything you want in this life. I obviously felt so much relief leaving that situation behind. You know, I learned a lot of lessons, a lot, a lot of lessons, but I also learned a lot about myself. So this is how my self-healing journey led me to get out of a very toxic situation and led me back to myself. So I want to say this, if you right now are feeling resentment, regret, shame, anger towards someone for maybe putting you in an unfortunate situation, you know, having a really dramatic, toxic, chaotic relationship and you're not with them anymore and you just can't seem to let that grudge go, You need to let it go. You have to let it go. You have to forgive people who didn't know how to love you because it led you to loving yourself. And this is what I felt. Again, ladies, like, please do not ruin yourself over a situation that is totally preventable. It's not worth it. He won't change. He's gonna have issues. He may claim that he will fix them and work on them, but I promise you most of the time they are empty promises. You either need alone time to have that time to yourself so you can know yourself, understand yourself, fix yourself, heal yourself. Or if you think that you are past that for whatever reason, then get you a man that already has his head on straight. (laughs) You know, that doesn't have a long list of red flags. Like this is a disaster waiting to happen and your mental health, your life, your confidence, your independence cannot be compromised. I'm in such a great relationship with someone now who I don't ever have to question. I don't ever have to worry about. He's real, he's caring, he's trustworthy, and it just feels so good and so much better to feel a peace and a calm in a relationship instead of drama and chaos. Like, so, so not worth it. So that is the first way I was able to get out of my relationship and, you know, heal even more. I will say though, it was still a struggle for a while. Like, I'm not ever going to tell you the day you leave is the day like your life will totally turn around. What I'm saying is the day you leave is the day your life can start to turn around. But it cannot, it does not have a chance if you're just going to stay stuck in a situation that you will not leave. You have to leave. I promise you it's so much better on the other side. It seems scary. It seems like, how am I going to do this? But you are capable of so much. You don't have to stand for the drama and the chaos and the anxiety and the stress of being with someone who that's what their life revolves around. That's what these kind of people like. They don't like normal. They don't like calm. They don't like peace. They want anxiety. They want stress and they want to make you feel freaking crazy. And as bad as my relationship was, like I still had to grieve it. I had to grieve the life I once was used to. I was in a completely different state with all new things around me. Everything was different. Everything was new. And although my previous situation wasn't normal, I still had to grieve the life that I once had. So that did take a little bit of time, but I was in a safe space to heal at my grandma's. You know, I was in Florida and I had friends and family and it's actually where I met my new boyfriend now. So it was obviously a total blessing. 
And now the second way that I was able to escape, and this isn't, again, this is not literally escape. I think the first way was how I literally got out of it. But this is how I was able to escape the emotions that I was feeling of shame and guilt. And it was by opening up. It was by sharing my story, telling people, letting out all the shame and the guilt that I was holding on to. This was so profound for me. And I think catapulted my growth and healing. And it actually helped helped me completely cut off contact for a little bit. I was still one foot in, one foot out. And that's a whole nother story that actually kind of really wasn't by choice, but that's another story you can hear about in um, It Does End Here or even a previous episode of mine. But when I was sharing my story out loud, I was thinking in my head, like, how did I let all of this happen? So telling it, saying it out loud and having someone else hear it, I mean, it was part embarrassing, yes, but it was equal parts healing. I thought in my mind, I was just going to be greeted with, oh, I'm sorry, you know, dang, that's so sad, or I feel so bad for you. But that wasn't the case at all. I was met with, wow, like I've been through the same thing. Thank you so much for opening up. Your story is helping me realize my own relationship is toxic, or even if someone like you can get in that situation, I know it can happen to anyone. And I finally feel the relief from knowing that like, these are the kind of messages I was getting. So many women started to message me saying how they could relate. And I suddenly went from feeling like an outsider in this situation to feeling like an insider. And again, I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's really, really heartbreaking that so many women go through this, which is why it has to be prevented and or talked about. And I'm here to say like, it's okay to speak up, to tell someone like you will feel so much better and your feelings are totally valid. If you like feel embarrassed, of your feelings or you don't think your feelings are valid, they totally are valid. You know, you will be welcomed with open arms by the right people. This is what will happen when you finally open up about your abusive, toxic relationship. And I know this was the case for me. Number one, you'll take your power back. You'll overcome shame which is the biggest negative emotion, which digs its claws into everything in your life. You'll stand up for yourself. You'll gain confidence. You'll pass, quote, low self-worth tests. You'll gain your confidence back. So ladies, it's time to speak up. Tell one person. Tell two people, tell random people in a Facebook group that you don't even know. Like it's going to make you feel so much better just by opening up. If you've encountered physical abuse, there are so many resources. I know my situation could have been a lot worse. I know there are plenty of women out there who go through so much worse situations and relationships. So if you've encountered physical abuse, there are so many resources. Do not for one second think you have to live like this anymore. I'm going to link some resources in the show notes if you are in need of serious help from an abuser. So make sure to check out my show notes for that and just know help is there. Healing is there. Again, with that, I wanted to let you know about my new coaching program. This is what I do. Like I've been a coach for women for the last over seven years, like mainly in the nutrition and health space. But over the years, as I've obviously gone through my own trauma healing and relationships and everything, I'm really bringing in the mental health aspect to it. Um, I help women by coaching them in group settings to get them from where they are to where they want to be. And that's exactly what this new coaching program is going to be and what we will be doing. So 
it's going to be helping you prevent, heal, or leave a toxic situation with the support from me and other women you can open up to and get empowered from, get validation, get support, get the love that you need. I always open my new programs with a pre-sale. So right now, this is on pre-sale. You can join us right now. It's called Breaking Up With Toxic. This is a coaching program that's designed to help you uncover your power and create amazing self-love to realize your worth and leave toxic relationships behind for good. So I'm going to link that below in the show notes as well. So the pre-sale is going on most of October, but every week the price is going to go up. So it pays to be the early bird in this situation. If you're going to sign up, I would do it now because I'm just going to increase the price. And if you're a very last minute procrastinator, you're going to be paying that little bit higher price. So I hope this episode was eye-opening for you. And since this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I'll be sharing, you know, breaking up with toxic stories all month long. So feel free to reach out to me with any questions or stories you have too. I'll leave all resources, including the link to the new coaching program in the show notes. This is going to be a rotating coaching program. So the first round is going to be November and December 2022 for two months. And then I'm going to see how it goes and reevaluate it if I need to make it longer or however. This is this program is new, so I don't really know exactly how it's going to go. So it's going to be exciting, which is why it's at like a pre-sale lowest price ever um, that you will get it. So I hope you guys have a great day. And remember, you are in control of you and your habits that you love. See you next time. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.